Hello and welcome to this special edition of Quick Looks from the Longview Gen Con 2015 Preview. Um, after reading through so many other people's lists and looking at recommendations from uh, the Dice Tower crew and Joel Eddy and, and so many other people, I thought, why not us too? So, we're going to do the Gen Con preview as well. So, uh, Lloyd and I today are going to be kind of just uh, really, uh, we're just going to kind of freeform this. We're going to be scrolling through uh, Eric Martin's wonderful preview list. And, you know, anything that kind of catches our eye or anything we, we have an idea about or, or something that we're maybe intrigued by, we're going to talk about. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff that we're going to pass by. And, you know, right off the bat, I, I want people to understand it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad game. Uh, I think I was listening to a podcast with um, Chris Kirkman and Eric Martin. Um, I think it was the Geek All-Stars. Uh, also another uh, sister podcast on the Dice Tower Network. And they were talking about how I think Eric said there was like 400 games or something being released at Gen Con. So, you know, uh, games that we don't mention are just kind of games that might be under our radar or that we kind of only have the opportunity to kind of uh, read the description of and go, eh, that's not really for me. I think Eric really said it best when he said that when you're looking at lists this large, you're looking for any reason to exclude a game. You know, you, you have to make cuts somewhere. And so there's going to be a lot of games that we're just going to kind of pass by uh, simply because maybe the theme doesn't appeal to us or, uh, you know, something, uh, it's an unknown publisher or it sounds like it's just like this game or that game. And so therefore, eh, nothing new there, move along, move along. And, you know, so there's always the possibility we're going to be doing a, a disservice to a few games out there, certainly. But uh, this is just kind of our impressions of the list. And uh, we thought it might be fun to kind of post up there. Uh, I just returned with my family from our vacation uh, to Europe, and uh, I hope everybody appreciated the, the content that we released while I was gone. Big thank you to Joel Eddy for taking care of all of that while I was gone. Um, Lloyd and I and, and uh, uh, Jimmy and um, uh, the gentleman I recorded the, the Polis podcast with, I mean, we did a lot of work to try to get programming uh, to continue while I was gone for that almost month. Um, and so now that we're back, I've got an Imperial episode planned coming up that I'm very excited about uh, for a full Longview treatment. But uh, today, considering Lloyd and I are going to Gen Con, we thought it would be fun to do a Gen Con preview. So uh, without any further preamble, we're going to get started here. And as always, I'm going to say hello to my co-host for Quick Looks, uh, Lloyd Keller, and say uh, hello. Uh, say hello, Lloyd. Uh, nah, not yet. It's going it's to feel forced right now. I just, I don't feel it. Hmm. Either that or you can't follow direction. Which is it? it it's probably a little of both A little right of now. both? A little of both? He's a bit of a rebel. He's a bit of a rebel. All right. You can't hold him. You can only hope to contain him. All right. <laughs> so uh, we'll wait to say hello to Lloyd later uh, when he feels uh, in the mood. Um, but for right now, we're going to take a look. Um, when you look at Eric Martin's list, there's a whole slew of games that are self-published. So uh, we're going to kind of, kind of scroll through those. These are titles like Giga Robo and... Uh, mech deck. Now, I have heard some people talking about mech deck uh, as something maybe kind of interesting. It's like a skirmish game, uh, card driven, and uh, the, the there's these little uh, mechs that you can construct. These little plastic kind of mechs that you can. I'm kind of thinking almost like um, uh, Planet Steam, where you can kind of like oh, make yeah. little attachments, yeah. And then you know you're going to kind of uh, fight each other. Um, you know, fight me. Um, <laughs> fight me. There's a, there's a lot of those kind of games out there right now. It it definitely I've heard some good buzz about it. So not something really that I'm going to be hunting down, but something that uh, definitely caught my ear. 
Wonder if any of the mechs have a corkscrew that you can attach to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a deadly corkscrew. There's a little inside joke about the corkscrew that maybe someday uh, I'll post on the guild as part of our European adventures. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yes, the deadly corkscrew. All right, um, let's see. Uh, scrolling down through the list here. There's a really interesting one here, Lloyd, called uh, Moonquake Escape. And, and what makes it interesting is... The board itself is kind of this cool three-dimensional kind of almost like model of the moon, and you're kind of playing on that. It looks really, really interesting. Uh, it's going to be previewed at Gen Con ahead of its retail release. Um, I, I think this is going to be a, a definitely kind of an interesting game. It's, it's kind of got a modular board, and it uses action point allowance, um, kind of like uh, the Kramer, uh, Kramer Ring games like uh, Mahika and uh, Tikal and things like that. So it looks like it's got some interesting kind of ideas behind it. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, it will see the light of day. Uh, it looks like it would be just such a beast, you know, to produce from an expense standpoint. Uh, maybe this is something that, you know, is going to have to go that Kickstarter route. So I'm definitely going to try and stop by. Uh, this is the Breaking Games, uh, folks, and, and see whether or not I can take a peek at it. I'm intrigued by it, but not something that's available for purchase right now. Um, scrolling further down, you know, things like Santa Showdown and uh, Slap 45, which looks like a neat little Western kind of gunfighting game. But uh, for me, I'm looking at Flick 'em Up for that. I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's kind of the one that I'm looking forward to. So unfortunately, that's going to kind of uh, get passed by for that reason. Um, and then we also see some, some games here from uh, Threesome Games. Uh, this is that uh, Heroes of Metro City. Uh, this is something that uh, I have not had the chance yet to play. Uh, it's a superhero-themed game. It was a deck builder where you kind of build your hero's superpowers rather than having like a set deck of cards like you have in uh, Sentinels, right? Yeah, exactly. And so this way you kind of get to build your hero's kind of abilities and things of that nature. And that sounds intriguing, but I never had the chance to try it. So I'm going to definitely try that one out. Have you heard anything about that, Lloyd? Uh, no, I mean, I remember following uh, the game when it was on Kickstarter and I was watching it for quite some time. And, you know, I, I almost pulled the plug. I almost kickstarted it, but... At the time, I was looking at Sentinels sitting there on my shelf going, I don't even play Sentinels all that much. Yeah, Do I need yeah. another superhero game? And so I kind of passed on it. Yeah, that was kind of the same reason I did too. And, and I'm going to be curious to find out if that was a mistake. Like, Because right now, I had Sentinels and I had uh, DC. Yes. And I had Legendary. And Legendary. Um, and so, man, that was a lot of superhero games. And, and I've since moved on. Um, I think the only one... <laughs> Oddly enough, that I still have is, is DC mm -hmm. uh, because it's so quick, it's so easy to set up, the kids really enjoy it. Legendary, I really liked, but it was very, very difficult to set up. And, you know, I know that people have, have talked to me about that and said, oh, there's strategies and whatnot and the way you put it back in. And, and uh, for whatever reason, it just it never got to the table. So that one uh, went away. And uh, Sentinels, nobody was interested in playing it with me. And when the electronic version came out, it does all the bookkeeping for you, keeps track of all the modifiers. So uh, I ended up moving my Sentinel set along and opting for the digital version. So I'm going to try this one out if I have the chance, Lloyd. Sounds um, good. 
Academy Games is up next. Uh, they have some new Conflict of Heroes stuff that looks very uh, exciting. Uh, their solo expansion I know people have been waiting for for a long time. So uh, I, I think that's going to make a lot of people very happy. I'm kind of mildly interested in checking out Thief, uh, France 1429. This is an older game, as is the next one, which is Mare Nostrum Empires. Which, uh, you know, I used to own Mare Nostrum, but I never had the expansion for it, which everybody said, like, made the game the best. And so now, they kind of put everything together into Mare Nostrum Empires and kind of reworked the game, tweaked it a little bit. So I'm really interested in trying that. And FIF I'm interested in because it's, it's a lot of kind of negotiating. And I love negotiation games. So I thought that would, you know, definitely be something I want to check out as well. How about you? Either of these titles interest you? Yeah. Uh, once again, I was following the Mare Nostrum Empires when it was on Kickstarter and, you know, got really close to pulling the trigger on it. And it it looks like a fantastic game. I mean, the, the quality of the components looks really nice. Yeah, yeah. The Kickstarter campaign had some nice little perks to it. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't really see it coming to the table that often because... You know, you're you're my gamer that right, I play with, right, and right. we already have a ton of euros that we haven't played in forever. And civ euros, and civ euros, and you know, ones that I know I enjoy. Right. So yeah, I was really tempted, but I I kind of passed on it. Yeah. But I'm going to be interested to see what it looks like, especially if they have a, a a production copy of it available to try and play. Right. So you know, we'll see. Yeah, it says uh, here in, in Eric's notes it's going to be available for demo games. So um, I'm, I'm interested to try it out. Um, you know, right now, as far as civilization, you know, kind of games go, Clash of Cultures is it for me. Um, I'd be curious to see whether this one could su supplant it. Um, I, I don't know enough to know whether or not it could or not. Um, I know it's a game that has definitely been around for a while, so I'd be curious to try it. Uh, moving along, we have some uh, other games uh, from you know some other smaller publishers, um, Action Phase Games, which has another kind of that Heroes Wanted series. Never tried it. Have you tried that one? No, nope, never tried that one. Yeah, neither have I. Um, so again, you know, for the same reasons I talked about earlier, we're just going to move along. Uh, Gothic Doctor from Ad Magic Incorporated kind of caught my eye for a second there, just because it seemed so kind of funny. Like you're trying to cure. Um, these classic characters from sort of Victorian Gothic kind of literature like, you know, Mr. Hyde and Frankenstein. And uh, you're going to cure them with cards from your hand, apparently. It's like a hand management set collection game. And that looked kind of fun. So um, that was something I was kind of uh, interested in. Um, so I might try and check that one out just because of the theme. Uh, moving along, we're coming into the uh, Blackfire um, entertainment group that, that kind of... Uh, also, I think the other half of the company is Spielworks, which um, I, I've been familiar with for a while. Uh, people might know Spielworks from games like uh, uh, Colonialism and Arkwright and uh, The Colon Colony and, and those games. Well, they have this Blackfire kind of arm of their company, which is a little bit lighter Euro. So it's not like, you know, the super-duper heavy stuff like Arkwright and, and games like that. So Kraftwagen is all about sort of like the history of the German automobile industry, in particular Mercedes-Benz. And so this was interesting to me. I was just in Germany, and uh, actually we got to see uh, from a distance, you know, from, from uh, afar, that the Mercedes-Benz factory there is, is really an interesting story, I think. Um, I didn't pick up the pre-order copy of it, 
from fun again, only because, you know, I was a little worried it might be too similar to Automobile um, oh, by Martin yes. Wallace. Because it is. Again, you have like different models of cars. You're going to be upgrading your technology and producing different cars. And so I was like, hmm, kind of reminds me of Automobile. So I held off on it um, fully knowing that I was going to be going to Gen Con and, and that I wanted to check it out there. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. Um, moving along, we have uh, AEG. They have a little dice game called Dice City. Looks mildly interesting. But again, yeah. it reminds me of Mashikoro. So I kind of passed that by. Yeah. Again, that could be totally unfair. <laughs> but as Eric said, you're looking for any reason to eliminate a game when there's 400 to choose from. So the next one dies a quick death too, which is Game of Crowns, which is like Game of Thrones. I think they you know, were trying to get as close to that name as they could. Um and it's, you know, again, this kind of idea of you're, you're fighting to control one of, you know, the, the kingdom, you're one of the noble houses. So it sounds kind of like a complete reskin of Game of Thrones, just from a, a more generic IP. Um, so, yeah, that one I kind of am, am taking a pass on, which, which may seem hypocritical later on when we look at some other titles, and, and you'll understand that later. Yeah. Uh, Hunter. Junta is the only game Lloyd and I, I think, threw away. Did yeah. you throw your copy well, away? Well, yeah, I, I threw some of it away, and some of it I think I actually used for kindling. He might have, yeah, he might have rage quit. I, on I, I we really didn't even did. rage quit. We, I might have rage punched it. It, was, point, it was sort of a punch, It yeah. was the worst game I have ever tried to punch in my life. Lloyd and I got like a Tanga deal. It was, yeah. It was, and it was, it was like, we were like, oh, it was awesome. It was like $5. We'd heard such great things about Junta. Yeah, for a great, you know, game and no. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no. You couldn't even play it because you couldn't punch it without destroying every single piece. And then <laughs> you're like, this is, this is bull. This is Bush League. And I remember just, just sitting up from my living room floor in total frustration because I always sit down on the floor and punch everything, put it in piles so I can bag it. Um, and and just, just picking the whole thing up, putting it back in its box and chucking it in the trash. And, and my wife is like, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> I said, don't even ask. So <laughs> why am I telling you that story? Well, it's because AEG is putting out Junta again. So uh, they usually have very nice components. So this might be something I would be interested in picking up. Again, it's a negotiation game. I love negotiation games. Uh, probably because I'm pretty good at them. Yeah. And... Um, you know, the components won't be an issue. So I'm kind of looking forward to maybe checking that one out. It does look like, though, it is a six-hour game. Yeah, I mean, that's what they're claiming, uh, 240 minutes. I don't know if it's actually quite that long, but, uh, you know, whatever. That would be um, four hours, I guess, then. Yeah, four hours, yeah. I, I was never good at math. <laughs> You're a drummer, so I am it doesn't a drummer. matter. i got to count to seven <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> that's right. That's very easy. All right, next up we got Rumpelstiltskin, which looks kind of nifty. Just as a little 10-minute game. We're trying to guess your opponent's name, and uh, their name is a card in their deck, and if you can... Uh, deduce enough through looking uh, through their deck through various card powers or process elimination strategies and whatnot. You can try to deduce their name. And it's a little quick 10-minute ten, uh, ten game for two players. It looks like it's fun. Yeah, it, 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 I, I actually read about it uh, when I was looking at these last night and read the description. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I've suddenly been drawn to these real short, quick, easy mm -hmm. little card mm -hmm. games. Right. Because they, you know, you play them for 10 minutes and... If I didn't like it, well, it was only 10 minutes. If I liked it, hey, I can play it again. Right, and they also have a nice price point, so it's yeah. it's, it's it's always a plus. So so you read about this one. 
Well, I mean, I read what we just saw on the screen. You read what we just <laughs> saw on the screen. On the screen. No, no, that no. was about it. Oh, all right. I thought you, you know, had read I, something in advance. You know, because no, 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 I'm no. like, all right, so drummers can't do math, <laughs> but they can read, which <laughs> is good. <laughs> now let the hate mail begin. Yes. All right. Uh, next up is Smash Up Munchkin. Don't like Munchkin. Have really fallen out of love completely with Smash Up. I just think that game personally is too long for what it is and so therefore i am bypassing that entirely what are your thoughts about smash up um i've actually never played smash up but i no longer play my copies of cthulhu munchkin because the whole novelty of the game wore off after about a year of the game and yeah. playing it and i'm like all right it's silly it's goofy sometimes like you said it just it goes on too long right right and you know munchkin you know it it, it definitely is one of those I remember playing Munchkin, and, and it's hilarious. It's great fun for, like, the, as you said, the first, I don't know, I can't believe you got a year out of it. Like, well, the first, like, five, six plays, you know, the cards are fresh, the jokes are fresh, you might not have seen all the cards, and they're kind of amusing and fun. But after a while, you're like, well, eh, this is just kind of, I don't know. So, it, not my favorite style of game. So, putting that together with uh, Smash Up, which... I think it's an amazing concept, and the art is absolutely gorgeous. I love the art in that game, uh, but but the gameplay I just don't like. Even from a physical standpoint of trying to arrange your cards around the bases that you're trying to take over, and uh, it, I don't know. It, it To me, it just totally outstayed its welcome and, and was kind of fiddly and trying to remember all the modifiers again, kind of like a Sentinels thing. It, it just, I don't know. It, it didn't stick with me. They are, however, putting out uh, uh, Valley of the Kings Afterlife, which is a standalone game, or you can combine it with the original Valley of the Kings, which I thought was a really clever game. Uh, did, you, did I ever play Valley of the Kings? Oh, yeah, we played it many times, and I enjoyed the fact that you really don't score points for cards unless you put them under your pyramid. Right, which means they're out then. Yeah. Which means then they're out of the game yeah. for you. And, you know, you, you don't get... Um, I, I don't remember the game too well, but it's, you know you don't get those bonuses. Well, you you either use the card for its ability or That's power right. during the was. game, and of course the really valuable cards are awesome. Yes, they are. So you you have this kind of decision point of do I continue to use this card and not stash it in my tomb, or do I stash it in my tomb, uh, which is going to get me a lot of victory points at the end, but now I've lost that ability, and right. so there's this really fun tipping point that you kind of have to reach where it's like okay i'm using my cards i'm using my cards and now i'm stashing as many of them as i possibly can that's right to try to beat my opponent and so i thought it was a very clever game my kids did not take to it unfortunately so it didn't stick with me but i it's one that i would definitely think about reacquiring just because i liked it quite a bit um i just couldn't find anybody else who did and I, i'll probably check out the copy of afterlife yeah that they have and you know yeah, I never owned a copy of Valley of the Kings, and this is a standalone one, so I might pick this up. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's got a great price point. Um, so that, that's another, you know, a, a lot of game in a little box, which is exactly. nice. Exactly. Um, all right, then we move on to Aaliyah. Yeah, we're still in the A's. We, we are. move on to Aaliyah. We're on like page 30 at this point. We're still in the A's. Yeah, nothing to see here with uh, with Aaliyah, to be honest with you. Um, they're not putting out anything that doesn't appear really for Gen Con uh, other than Broom Service. But Broom Service has been sneaking out. I know Game Surplus had uh, copies of Broom Service. And it's kind of a reworking of Witch's Brew. And it's different from Witch's Brew, I understand. But 
Uh, not anything that I'm particularly interested in. Yeah. Um, how about you? Um, I really know nothing about the game, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Um, again, it was... Uh, I understand it's different than Witch's Brew, but it does use some of the same core mechanics. And Witch's Brew was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it uh, for the time that we had it. My kids liked it. But we've kind of moved on from there. Um, all right, next up we have Ape Games. And they have uh, you know games like Arcadia, where you build your own theme park. Well, you know I've got Scream Machine, so I kind of yeah. went right past that one. Um, something called Chaos Cove, which is another kind of like uh, you know, kind of a um, you recruit mercenaries and you're going on missions and having you know battles and fights and whatnot according to the preview page here, and that's just not anything I'm particularly. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to be kickstarting at the end of the uh, year. Yeah, yeah. So this is just going to be a demo game thing. Uh, then we have the Great Dinosaur Rush. This is one I am actually interested in primarily because it's a Scott Alms game and he's the tiny epic guy. And yes, uh, Tiny Epic Kingdoms, I love. Tiny Epic Defenders, mm, not so much. Tiny Epic Galaxies looks amazing. I'm waiting to finally get our copies yes, of that. I don't know when I'm that's I'm super coming. excited for that one. But this is, is, is a really fun theme. You're, you're like going out there in the golden age of dinosaur bone hunting, and you're, you're trying to find bones. You're doing digs, and, and then you're trying to assemble them into skeletons of dinosaurs, probably some of them horribly inaccurate, <laughs> <laughs> that you're then going to... Uh, sell to museums and whatnot, and people are trying to sabotage you. And so it looks like a, a, a really interesting little game. It's, again, demo at uh, Gen Con. So that's something that, that I'm going to be interested in checking out. Um, Spirits of the Rice Paddy, I've heard some things about, but I don't know. It's not really on my radar. No, neither mine. Um, it's, you know, another kind of a, a farming kind of a game. It's Philip Duberry, and... Philip DuBerry has made some good games mechanically, like Canalis and uh, some others in that sort of Tempest kind of um, series that I've seen. But I always struggle with his rule sets, which is something to say, you know, given some of the rule sets I've digested, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't think it would be as difficult. And I think really a lot of it has to do with uh, editing and how the rules are put together. Um, I've always struggled with his game. So that's a reason I think I'm going to uh, let that one pass. Um, let's, next up we have Arcane Wonders, putting out a game City of Gears, uh, which is a, a steampunk fantasy game. And, and that's, uh, I haven't looked at any of those games, to be honest with no, you. The Arcane Wonders, you know, kind of Mage Wars. I've heard great stuff about that, but I don't... There's not a place in my collection for another dueling game, so I right. never got into Mage Wars at all. Uh, I've heard that a lot of people just swear by it and love it, but my family kind of got into the Summoner Wars thing. Right, yeah. And so that was kind of the direction. And we Carter had still plays that constantly. Yeah, he, well, so. I wouldn't say constantly, but yeah, he still, he he plays still it plays it from time bit. to time. Yeah, and it's, it's one of his go-to if we're going to have a, a dueling game, although Netrunner seems to be taking that over for him. He, he prefers that. Um, so there's a lot of Mage War stuff coming out. Um, I might kind of cruise by, but it's not anything that I know much about. Um, Royals is coming out from Arcane Wonders. Uh, again, demo games. This is a game that was a Euro that was put out by another company, one of the German companies. I know it was out. And it just, again, it's an area control, drafting, set collection. There's a lot of these games, Lloyd, that are kind of like, it's another Euro. 
Yes. And, you know, it makes me sound like a curmudgeon. And this is a natural arc, I think, for everyone in our hobby that when you first start gaming, every single game that you play is like the most amazing thing that you've ever seen. Because it's new and it's fresh and you've Mm -hmm. maybe not seen these mechanics before. Yep. And, yeah. I felt that exact same way, you know, six, seven years ago when you first introduced me to these games. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I always try to, like, give games a shot, you know, and say, all right, if if I wasn't kind of a little, I don't want to say jaded. It's not necessarily that you're jaded. It's that you you can, you get to a point where you can kind of look at a game and you're like, okay, that's this game combined with this, combined with this, and using that mechanism, got it. And so it takes kind of that wonder of discovery of the game and how it works and takes that away. And And that's some of the enjoyment that I always got out of it. So... It's, it's not that, you know, the games today, I'm not even going to say that they're less original than the games back then. It's just there's a lot more of them. Yes, there are. And it's kind of impossible for me to play them all. So Royals, for me, I'm going to have to take a pass. Um, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but there's nothing there that I'm seeing that looks... No, I... It's catching my eye. I, yeah. I don't see anything either. Uh, next up is Ares Games. They're doing great things with uh, their Galaxy Defender series, uh, Extinction Protocol, uh, and Operation Strike Back. These are things that they're going to be showing off. Um, I have not gotten into that series at all. I know Joel Eddy likes it, if I, if I recall correctly, quite a bit. And so if you've invested in that system and it's something that you're uh, really enjoying, then it looks like there's going to be some fun stuff for you there. But yeah. not anything that I can really speak of. I am interested, however, in their uh, Jolly Roger, uh, the game of piracy and mutiny. It's got a kind of a middling 7 rating, you know, which uh, is, is kind of, I don't know. A 7 is a good rating, but there's so many 7s. It's like the, the deadly 7. Um, but I like it because it plays 4 to 10. And my daughters often, you know, they have friends over. They have like little parties, and they're looking for games like Werewolf or something that will play. A, a high player group. count. Yeah, yeah. Right. And again, it's a 30-minute game, which is good for non-gamers because, you know, it's not going to outstay its welcome. And again, it looks like a, a fun little card game with negotiation. You know, it reminds me a little bit of, um, what is it, uh, uh, Moiterer. Yes, Moiterer. Yeah, because you, you have the same kind of idea in this game where one of you is the captain um, and the captain chooses a destination for the ship, a target that it's going to attack, right? In much the same way that works in Moiterer. But then, you know, depending on the cards the other players throw, they might actually try to overthrow you. And, uh, mutiny! Uh, mutiny, yeah. And so it reminds me of, of Moiterer, um, but it plays a lot more people. Moiterer only plays, I think, up to four or five. Four or five, I think, was the and, and this one, you know, is... Uh, it's got a price point of $20, and it looks like it's kind of got some of that baked into it. So I'm really curious about that. Uh, they also have, uh, by Leo Colv- uh, uh, Colovini, um, through Ares game, Odyssey. And this it reminds me a lot of that whole series, of course, where you have Cyclades uh, or Cyclades. Mm-hmm. I think it's Cyclades. And then you have um, uh, the next one that came, which was... Um, uh, was that Kemet, right? Kemet. And then there was the whole patch where you could kind of play with both Cyclades and Kemet. Um, and so this is kind of like in that series, 
But in this one, it's kind of like an overlord thing. Like one of you, one of the players takes the role of Poseidon trying to stop the Greeks from getting home. And so that sounded kind of intriguing to me, kind of fun. Uh, again, available for demo only at Gen Con. Um, then there's a lot of Sales of Glory stuff. I never got into that. Wings of Glory, so that's a pass for me. Um, Argentum Verlag is putting out a couple of Euros. Uh, they have El Gaucho. Again, hey, it's just falling into that. Okay, it's a Euro with a Western theme, set collection, worker placement. Okay, no. Uh, you know, I, I I certainly would glance at it and take a few minutes to, to look at it, but it's not really on my radar. Uh, and then they have this uh, Artana game company, which used to be Conquistador. And uh, Dirk Niemeyer and Raymond Chandler are doing this Corrupted Kingdoms game. And again, it's a negotiation game, so it's interesting to me. And I like some of the stuff I've seen from Dirk uh, Niemeyer, uh, in particular the next one on the list, which is Tesla versus Edison which yeah. is a great historical theme and one that I'm really interested in. So uh, these are two games that I'm definitely uh, looking to kind of check out. So I'm, I'm interested in those. Have you heard of either of these? Um, I've heard of the Tesla versus Edison, though I don't know too much about it. Mm -hmm. I want to say uh, maybe it was on Kickstarter or maybe not. It was, yeah. And, you know, I, I glanced at it and just kind of passed it by. Yeah, I, I kind of followed it, and again, it was kind of one of those interesting things um, because the theme attracted me, because yeah. I'd, I'd learned a decent amount about Tesla and Edison and Westinghouse and Morgan and uh, how all of that was intertwined um, through uh, you know some reading that I had done on my own years ago about Tesla, but also from that kind of uh, a fun little series that the History Channel put out, The Men Who Made America. Oh, yeah, I uh, And it that. was talking about Morgan and Westinghouse uh, and the whole current war, and that kind of was dragged into there, too. Really, really fun uh, historical sort of series that uh, the History Channel did uh, that, that I, I definitely recommend people check out. Um, just, be, just be ready to fast-forward through, like, the first 30 seconds after every commercial because uh, a recent thing in television... They do it on all the reality shows, and they're doing it now with e even some of these History Channel shows, is they'll end and go to commercial, and then when they come back from commercial, as if my brain could not hold the information <laughs> that I had seen five minutes ago, they re-show and kind of summarize in 30 seconds what well, I had just watched. And I'm like, this is driving me right. crazy. And then they finally move on to new stuff. So yeah. that was the only thing I kind of hated about that series. But everything else I, I, I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, Artipia is sharing a booth with Stronghold this year. And Lloyd and I will be at the Stronghold booth uh, in the mornings. So you can come and say hello there. Um, and, and So say hello, Lloyd. Uh, no, it just maybe... It's you know close. I'm it's close, stop but not asking yet. you to say not, hello. Not yet. All right, so you can come and say hello to me at Stronghold Games. Lloyd is not ready to say hello. Uh, we have a new expansion for Among the Stars called Among the Stars Revival, um, which is a, a lot of fun. Uh, or it can be a standalone for two players, which is an interesting idea. Yes. Because I do like Among the Stars quite a bit, but I kind of felt it, it fell into a little bit of that zero-sum game when you play two-player. It really does. So I always enjoyed Among the Stars with three and four. Mostly with three, because with four, the real estate on the table 
is crazy. I mean, it takes up a lot of room. Yeah. Uh, I've really enjoyed the expansions that have happened, the ambassadors and uh, things of that nature. And so I really like the system. I like the fact that it's a tableau builder, but position matters. So there's that spatial element. And so I'm looking forward to trying this. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the kind of two-player experience uh, would have to offer. I'm excited about that. Definitely. Uh, That's kind of it, according to this from Artipia, which is kind of surprising. They've been putting out a lot of games. Um, All right, then we have uh, a couple games from, what does it look like, Artistic Justice... Uh, again, kind of a martial arts fighting game. It's a deck builder yeah, game. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of... Uh, um, oh, come on. What is that? Uh, uh, there's been two big fighting games. Uh, one that Tom Vassa loves and nobody else likes. And then <laughs> and then uh, uh, War of Indonese in- 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 um, There There's two kind of big systems. Um, I keep wanting to say Gosu, but that wasn't it. Um Shoot. Uh, I can see the box. Like a black box. Got like a kind of a... Gra- oh, anyway. there. It's another fighting game. Let's put it that way. And that's not anything that I'm super interested in at the moment. No. Neither am I. Uh, next up we have the Asmati booth. And the Asmati booth uh, is going to have, you know, of course, Impulse and, and games that have already been out. But supposedly uh, Motanai is going to be out. And they're going to have copies of that. And Lloyd and I have both kickstarted that because we're both kind of Chuddock fanboys. And we've played the game and we like it. It's, yeah, it's a do. fun game. So I'm really looking forward to the production copy of that. But then there's also this other game called A Thousand and One Odysseys. It's going to be available. It's like a storytelling game that involves dice rolling. So that could be fun. And that's designed by uh, uh, Chris Seaslick, uh, uh, who's the head of Asmati. Yeah. And then they have yeah he's got this adorable pandering game not interested no thank you, Uh, but then I think they're also still working on consequential. Yeah, we saw that last year at Gen Con, and I didn't get in on a play of it. Yeah, and sure enough, there it is. Yeah, and I think they're still working on it. I know. I'm really, really, um, really, really interested in, in checking that out. Um, and then we also, of course, have a couple of expansions for Impulse That's gonna that they're going to be, cool. be demoing. So I'm totally looking into that. And then the newest innovation uh, expansion, No Place Like Home, which kind of gives you like a home kind of territory or bit. It gives you a little bit more of like a uh, you're, you're adding cities to your tableau and, and it gives it a little bit more of that. That, feel, that, that kind of uh, civilization feel. And it's not... I think it'll help the game feel not as abstracted as it does now. Uh, Innovation is one of my favorite games. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, is this one that you're uh, going to check out as well? Luke? Oh, definitely. Because, I mean, again, it's a Chudik game. And I will never say no to playing a Carl Chudik game. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, they're just... The multi-use cards fascinate me. Yep. And the player interactions fascinate me. And, you know, hands down... Anything that he's come out with, I, I'm willing to play. Right. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. Um, there's also a beta version, supposedly it's going to be available, of this one-deck dungeon. This is a one-to-two-player game. And so, as long as this doesn't turn into dungeon roll... Yes. And it's not just the same, because it's got that kind of dice rolling... You know, as long as it's not the same 
push-your-luck kind of thing that Dungeon Roll was that I wasn't particularly fond of. Yeah. Uh, I'll definitely check it out. Uh, Penny Press uh, has been out for a while now. That'll be there. Um, you know, again, I've played that. I've reviewed that, so I'm not going to say much more about that. Uh, Atlas Games has uh, a few things coming out. Looks like Fairy Tale Gloom, which is a reworking of Gloom, which is another one of those humor games. And you have to be in the, the, the right frame of mind to play Gloom, because if you don't like that dark humor, you're going to be completely confused. Why Why am I trying to kill my people? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm really, I, I don't know. I, I liked Gloom. My kids like Gloom. I liked it a lot, The problem too. was is that the version we had was the clear plastic cards, and they started to rub off. Yes. And so we couldn't play it. Um, I don't know whether or not this version is going to deal with any of those kinds of issues, but I loved the idea of overlaying the cards. I yep. thought that was a fascinating idea. And I love, you know, trying to kill off your own family members. That was hysterical. <laughs> uh, there's going to be a Munchkin Gloom. No thank you. Uh, three Cheers for Master, which is kind of like another one of these kinds of... Uh, a, a take that kind of a game. You're trying to kind of... Uh, no. Okay. I'm just, I'm just yeah, going to stop there. No, no. that's all right. Uh, Baksha Games is putting out uh, a game called Time Jockeys, but I don't know anything about that. Neither do I. So, you know, we, we've got quite a few, you know, small publishers, which are a lot of fun. And, and I would encourage you to go and listen to Cardboard Insanity because uh, Steve Oxenic, a, a friend of mine, a friend of the show as well, um, he's really doing a podcast that focuses on these small publishers, small games. And he's going to, I think, kind of be a, a much better guide. Um, so I would definitely try and track Steve down at Gen Con. He'll be there this year. Uh, or listen to his podcast. So uh, go check out Cardboard Insanity. Bezier Games putting out a expansion for the Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Sold. Definitely. This is called Secrets. Which is adding more stuff. It's uh, available for demo only, though. Boo. Yeah. Uh, but very cool. And they're also putting out uh, Favor of the Pharaoh, which is a reworking of To Court the King. The old Tom Lehman uh, dice rolling game where you kind of are working your way up the ladder and gaining new nobles, which give you new abilities to manipulate your dice or have more dice, etc. And then you're trying to get to the king, right? Usually, of course, through the queen. Um, and it, it was a fun game. I just don't know. Thank you, Haley. I don't know whether or not I need a, a re-theme of To Court the King. So, And I still have my copy. I mean, it's my kind of go-to quick dice game. Mm -hmm. Because anybody I've taught it to, they're like, that's a really good game. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm going to check it out. But I'll be really interested to see if it offers anything new. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're also putting out uh, an expansion for Suburbia 5 Stars. Uh, it's going to add new building tiles and uh, stars, which is kind of a resource for you to try to manage as well, according to the description. So, again, that, that's, I think that's interesting for those who like Suburbia. Mm -hmm. uh, I kind of got rid of Suburbia and went with Castles. Uh, yes. Just the theme appear, uh, appealed to me more. Uh, I was never a huge fan of Suburbia, though I really liked Suburbia with the expansion. Um, the first expansion just improved Suburbia hugely. Those border tiles, which yes, is awesome. Yes, I remember playing that. Um, but it just wasn't getting to the table, so I ended up moving it along and kind of sticking with uh, Castles. But, yeah, definitely a neat game uh, to check out. So five stars from uh, um, Bezier Games, Suburbia five star. 
Uh, let's see. Friedman Freeze has a game, uh, Terra, coming out from Bezier. And this is kind of a party trivia game. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of Wits and Wagers. Yeah. You know, where you're not trying to necessarily know the exact answer, but you're trying to get close. So that could be fun if you're looking for a party game. Blue Orange has one that kind of caught my attention called Attila. Uh, that looks like it could be fun, only because it's it's a Bruno Fiduti game, and uh, he's really kind of crazy and chaotic. But uh, I I I do enjoy his games, so that's something that I'm I'm looking forward to. And uh, then it looks like they're reprinting the Boss. So if if that's a game uh, that you have you know tried before or played before and have been looking for a copy, um, you know it's going to be available for you. So that looks kind of nifty. But the one that everybody's talking about is New York 1901. And this is kind of a tile placement game, uh, a city building game where you are basically building uh, skyscrapers on the financial district of uh, New York City. And it's supposed to be you know, two to four players, about 45 minutes. And uh, people are kind of talking about it, Lloyd, like it's hitting that same sweet spot that like Carcassonne hits, you know? Oh, really? Family friendly. Good game, quick, easy to understand, but a lot of fun. So I'm definitely going to check it out. It's not an auto-buy for me, but it's definitely something I'm going to check out. Um, let's see. Then we have another interesting one here called Prohis. And this is a really interesting game only because this is a theme I've actually thought about trying to do something with as far as designing games uh, about the whole Prohibition era here in the United States. And it's a really kind of a, a fascinating period of history um, and something that uh, I, I definitely have an interest in. So it's got my attention, but I don't know anything about it. Uh, the next one that they're doing is Sushi Draft. Have you heard anything about this one? No, but I've played Sushi Go, and yeah. it unfortunately sounds very similar to me. Yeah, this is, this is kind of a, it's a 32 card, kind of like a Sushi Cards, and uh, you're, you're trying to kind of create... These combinations through drafting that are going to score you points. Uh, you're going to go over three rounds. So to me, it sounded a little too similar to Sushi Go. So I kind of uh, am prepared to take a pass on that one unless I see something completely different. Um, okay, moving right along. Here we go. Page We're page four. Page three of four, baby. We're on four. Look at that. Out of 16, um, quarter of the way Next there. up, there's a Takenoko expansion. <laughs> Don't care. Um... <laughs> Oh, wait, no, no, Takinoko. No, I take back my... <laughs> Takinoko is okay. It's Takedo that I... Takedo gets, <laughs> gets the raspberry. Uh, Takinoko I like. That's the one with the, the cool uh, gardener and the panda eating all of the, the wonderful three-dimensional... Nom, nom, uh, nom, 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 nom. Yeah, yeah. So this looks really cool. Um, so there's these... There's Well, oh, my God, there's baby pandas and a female panda. <laughs> you, you know, you, you got to go with that. So it, it looks like it, it could be fun. All right. Coming up after that, we have some other small publishers, uh, some different kinds of games. Uh, we have this game from Breaking Games uh, called Letter Tycoon. And I have not heard of this, but Lloyd, you just saw this at a convention, didn't you? So tell us a little bit about I it. I did. Um, Letter Tycoon to me was really intriguing because it takes uh, kind of the cool mechanic of deck building, almost like Paperback does. But then it adds this other layer of buying stock into letters. So there is money that you're trying to accrue throughout the game. And when you buy stock in a letter, let's say you buy stock in the letter A. 
Anybody else in the game that uses the letter A to complete a word, they actually have to pay you money because they're using your letter. And you know, the artwork was really nice. It was kind of clean and just had like an older industrial look to it. Um, I was really fascinated by it. And unfortunately the guy uh, telling me about it didn't have any copies for sale, but he goes, I will be a Gen Con. And I said, well, so will I, I'll see you there. Nice, nice. Well, it definitely sounds intriguing if it's adding a, a stock thing. And then I could just imagine playing it. It's like, okay, so if you own stock on the letter A, I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to use A as yeah. much as is possible. And so that's going to really kind of turn up the brain burn on the word formation yeah. part of the game, which I think would be kind of fun. So that's kind of cool. There's a game called Twerk, which I'm going to just completely bypass. Moving right along, a Clever Mojo has an Alien Frontiers expansion pack coming out. I'm always interested in anything to do with Alien Frontiers because that's one of my favorite space games ever. So that's kind of cool. And then I saw a kind of a surprising sort of entry here from Columbia Games. Now Columbia uh, is, for those who aren't familiar, they're primarily a game known for block war games, whether it's uh, Hammer of the Scots or Liberty or Crusader Rex or any of these kinds of wonderful, uh, you know, Rommel in the Desert. They, they have all of these great block games uh, from any period of conflict in history. Well, they're designing a, a kind of an economic train game here that involves stock holding and tile placement called The Last Spike. So I don't really know anything about it other than I was kind of like, huh, you know, it's, it's not just a block war game, which is kind of what I've always associated with uh, uh, Columbia Games. Now, you know, the next one is Victory in Europe, which is a block game. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, they haven't abandoned their roots, which is good because I enjoy their games. But at the same time, uh, this is kind of a departure for them. So I'm kind of, uh, I, I thought it was worth mentioning. Um, okay, so let's take a look at what we have next. They are reprinting Queen's Necklace, which uh, is a really kind of interesting game. This is going to be cool mini or not. And this is one of the, the, the games that I had uh, a long time ago. Beautiful, huge cards, um, almost tarot size. And so this is, you know, it looks like a, a kind of re reproduction of Queen's Necklace, which is kind of awesome because that was a really, really good game. So that's one that I was kind of interested in as well. Also, Cool Mini or Not is putting out, uh, you know, looks like they have Xenoshift Onslaught, uh, which I've heard a couple of reviews for. It's again, it's a tactical combat game. So not one I'm really particularly interested in. And then they have uh, their season three of Zombicide Rue Morgue, which I know a lot of people really enjoy, um, you know, any kind of zombie game. So uh, that's something that I think people uh, would want to take a peek at if they're a fan of that uh, whole line of games that uh, has been put out. Uh, the next one I wanted to talk about was from Cosmic Wombat Games. Um, this is a game that's going to be demo only again, but it's called Campaign Trail. And so it's players playing against each other trying to run for president. And so I think this, this could be an interesting game. I mean, 1960, I know people look at as like the standard for election games. But so much of 1960 for me was that issues track, this tiny little section in the upper right-hand corner of the board that was kind of a tug of war, just back and forth and back and forth. You never really felt like you were getting anywhere. Um, so that game left me feeling a little unsatisfied. And so I'm really interested to try this campaign trail. Um, I, I really want to see whether or not 
they're able to pull off the the feel of a political campaign better than 1960 did. So, and I'll be interested to see if they have like the Donald Trump expansion, yes, yes. exclusive for Gen Con. Yes, yes, the Donald Trump expansion where you insult everybody. Exactly. You insult uh, Mexicans. You insult uh, war veterans. veterans yeah. You know, and whoever else between now and the time we release this episode, in about three hours. <laughs> Whoever else Donald Trump insults in the meantime. Women (laughs) probably refer to him as dames. I get the dames out to vote, you know, and I don't know. You you just got to love them. Um, So that I'm kind of, uh, I'm looking forward to. Um, Okay. Uh, One of the other interesting games, I'm not getting it, but this is called Grow, the organic building game. And this is a game, it's going to be available for demo and I, I'm only looking at it, Lloyd, because it's just so weirdly different. It's a three-dimensional building game. It is. And it's kind of the opposite of um, Jenga, where it's not already built and you're trying to remove things. Right. It looks like you're actually trying to place things. Right. Yeah. Looks really interesting. So that looks kind of fun. Um, Cryptozoic is putting out their normal slew of licensed products. Um they have, uh, you know, cards from Arrow, from the Arrow series that you can throw into DC deck building. Um, another crossover pack, Legion of Superheroes and, and whatnot. And then the one that I know my kids are going to be very interested in, which is the Teen Titans uh, edition of DC Comics deck building game. So I'll probably have to pick that one up for them because they still like DC. And uh, I know my son and my one daughter are pretty big fans of the Teen Titans Um so I think that'll be something fun that I could get for them. Yeah, and of I'm course, looking at that one too. The big one is Ghostbusters, the board game. And so this is one that I don't know, man. I just look at it and I'm like, how can you possibly make a game out of Ghostbusters and not have it be a stupid roll and move? Or I, I don't know. I can't conceive of how you could turn that into a board game. Which does not mean they didn't. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm, I'm befuddled by it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. What, what do you think about this Ghostbusters thing? I was really intrigued and I almost backed it when it was on Kickstarter. But again, it, it's, it's got lots of cool minis. It's a co-op game. And I have plenty of co-op games right. with lots of cool little minis. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I really just want to see So you get really it. worked up about stuff, but then you always pull out. At the I, last second, I don't really you? do. Like, because I, I, I've I been jaded a couple times with what I've been burned. You've been I burned. I have, and I've gotten a few things on Kickstarter that there, I really... absolutely did not like. No. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I'm not going to even mention those titles on the right, podcast right. here. Now, Spyfall. Spyfall. I'm Spyfall. Totally into. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, we're going to get that. We're going to get that. Um, the price point is $25, uh, which is much better than the $50, $60 it's been going for. If I can pick up a copy, I definitely will. I mean, it, it looks like a really neat twist on a social deduction game. So I, I'm all over that. And there were people playing it constantly over in Morristown a couple of weeks ago, and everybody was raving about it. Cool. They yeah. just they, they loved it. Yeah, I definitely want to try it. Um, and we have, uh, moving on, we have Czech Games Editions, and uh, they have Codenames, which is a new Vlada Shavadal, uh kind of a game. Another kind of party game, word game. Uh, seems really, really um, hot right now. People are really talking a lot about it. Um, not my style of game, so I might just take a peek at it. I love Vlada Shavadal, but, uh, you know, it's not an auto-buy for me. Yeah. Um, it's just not quite my thing. 
Days of Wonder is putting out a little expansion pack for five tribes, and this one is called uh, The Artisans of Nakala. Um, and this is supposed to be one that's going to introduce new purple meeples to the game. And it's also going to kind of have the patch for um, some new gins and, and some things, um, trying to get rid of the slave cards in the game. A lot of people have talked about that. Uh, I was not a fan of the slave cards in the game. I know a lot of people thought that was much ado about nothing. Uh, but for me, personally, it was. And yet there were cards in the game that referred to the slave cards. And so if you took out the slave cards and replaced them with the fakirs or something, um, then, you know, you'd have gin cards that would... So anyway, I think this is supposed to change that and add the new purple meeples, the, these artisans. And so I think it could be interesting for fans of that game. So next up, there's some uh, games from Eggerspiel, uh, which are going to be distributed by Passport. Uh, one called Grog Island, a lot of people are talking about, but it's kind of hit set collection and dice rolling and bidding and, hey, 40 to 75 minutes. I mean, I don't know. I, it's, it's something that I'm kind of giving a pass to. And then Hospital Rush, uh, you know, is, is another kind of uh, game uh, being put out, I think, by Pegasus Spiele and then uh, imported by Passport. And this is one for three to five players, but again, it's like medical and humor. These are things that don't always go together with me. Um, I've had some experiences, and so that's not a, a, a scenario that I find particularly funny. So for me, it was kind of a pass. I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm not saying it's in poor taste at all. That's not what I'm saying. It's just for me personally. I'll give you a perfect example. So. Uh, when my daughter was in second grade, uh, unfortunately, uh, her appendix burst, and uh, we, we almost lost her. Um, she got uh, sent to uh, one of the best children's hospitals in the country here in Philadelphia, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and uh, there was a whole team, uh, Lloyd, a slew of doctors who were taking care of her, and they were trying to kind of problem solve and figure out why she was having difficulties and with all these infections and whatnot from the appendix. And um, I used to love watching House. That yes. was one of my favorite shows. Until I lived House. Right. Where I kind of felt like there was a team of doctors throwing darts at a board trying to say, well, let's try this. Or what's the next thing on the protocol? And I remember actually looking at the doctor and saying... If all you're going to do is follow a spreadsheet, a decision tree, mm -hmm. you know, um, this is when the doctor was explaining to me, well, we're going to start her on this new antibiotic, but I don't think it's going to work. And I said, well, if you don't think it's going to work, why are you putting her on it? Well, that's the protocol. But I think this next one will work. Well, then why are we going to this one? Well, because we have to. Why? I mean, uh, you know, use your judgment. You're the professional. Put her on what you think she needs to be on, and and you know they're kind of explaining these protocols and this and uh, you know and then you get this other team from this other endocrinology area or whatever, and they're like, no, this is the problem, and then this, uh, it kind of got like I lived then, I kind of felt like I lived that whole experience of being a family member worried about you know a member of your family, in this case my kid, and watching them kind of do this sort of collaboration, let's try this, let's try that, let's try the other, and it took all the joy out of house for me. Like, I, I, I never, I didn't watch episodes anymore. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, you haven't watched it since. No, no. And I mean, it's off the air now. I mean, yeah. they, they haven't produced new episodes, but I used to love that show. 
until I had to go through it. And then I was just like, yeah, no, I, I can't watch this anymore. It's just not for me, which doesn't mean it's a bad show or anything like that. But that's what I mean by like, sometimes your experience colors your perceptions of certain topics. So for me, any game that's going to be about a hospital better be something serious that is um, not, not looking at it like from a funny standpoint, a humorous standpoint, because I didn't find any of that humorous at, no, all. Not at all. So again, you know, nothing against anybody who would like it. It's certainly not in bad taste, but that just kind of goes to show what I'm talking about. Um, Fantasy Flight is the next big one. They're going to have a huge presence there as usual, but... Um, Aside from a lot of stuff that they're putting out to support um, Imperial Assault and... Um, Star Wars Armada. Star Wars Armada and stuff like that. <clears throat> there's not a whole lot that they're, they're putting out that I'm really interested in. Um, and a lot of what they're putting out, interestingly enough, is a lot of the role-playing stuff. And I think a lot of people forget that Gen Con is not just about board games, but also about role-playing. Yes. A lot of role-playing stuff there. And so if you're into role-playing games, there's going to be some new stuff there from Fantasy Flight, along with some expansions for Battlelore 2nd Edition and all this kind of fun stuff. So um, there's also a new game called Forbidden Stars that a lot of people have been talking about. Um, big, long kind of a game. Again, Corey uh, 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 Kaniska... Uh, Samuel Bailey and James Niffen. And again, this is kind of like a um, TI-3. Yeah, it's in the Warhammer universe, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's kind of like, again, one of those kind of conquest games. For me, it's like, okay, why wouldn't I play TI-3 or Eclipse or something like that? Right. So I'm, I'm going to bypass that. And then they're doing a second, they're doing a reboot of the Game of Thrones, the card game. Which uh, is like the living card game, almost like, um, oh, come on, uh, but, uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings right? was, yeah. Uh, which is fantastic, and their Cthulhu kind of uh, um, card game, was it Rise of Cthulhu or something or like something that? Or something like that. Might just so, be Cthulhu the card game. <laughs> yeah, it could be. And so they're rebooting this, and I'm a little bit confused by it. I know a lot of people are really upset about it because... The Game of Thrones card game has been around for ages, and so I don't know whether this second edition is going to kind of totally invalidate everything that everybody has been collecting and building over the years if you're into that. So I don't know. Um, but, you know, they're, they're rebooting it and re-going with it, um, and so I'll be curious to see how it's received. Um, there's a, a Relic game coming out from Fantasy Flight, Halls of Terra, and then all of the aforementioned kind of stuff um, that we talked about, the expansions for Armada and whatnot. Uh, Tigris and Euphrates, the new edition. That's been out for a while, though. Yeah, so, that has. Uh, that, that's not anything really that uh, I'm, I'm super interested in because I still have a copy of the original. And I like the components in the original better, honestly. I, I don't like the plastic as much as I like the wood. Yeah. So I'm definitely more into that. Uh, new expansion for Castle Panda coming out for fans of that game called The Dark Titan, which looks absolutely awesome. Um, and so that's something that's kind of fun. And then they're also putting out, Fireside is putting out uh, from uh, Anne-Marie DeWitt, a game called The Village Crone, which I found really interesting. You're becoming a witch, and it uses a modular board. It does um, solitaire play. They're only going to have 100 copies of it. Yeah. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to do all the things that a witch was always accused of in the village, right? <laughs> uh, make people fall in love, turn them into frogs, you know, send them to different places. She turned me into a newt. <laughs> I got better. <laughs> 
So I'm really kind of looking forward to that. I think that would be really kind of fun to check out because it's kind of a, a witch game from the point of view of the witch, which I, I kind of like. So I'm looking forward to that greatly. Um, there's a lot of Flying Frog, Dark Gothic stuff coming out. Now, Dark Gothic, Lloyd, was kind of the, the card game that they introduced last year. Yeah, and it was kind of like the card game version of A Touch of Evil. Right, right. And A Touch of Evil was the first game I ever got from Flying Frog and played it constantly and eventually just kind of fell out of love with it because um, there were other co-op games that I liked better. Right. And so I, I never even tried the, the dark gothic card game, but, you know, who knows? Yeah. It could be a very intriguing game. Um, because I did like the theme of A Touch of Evil. I liked the fact that it was, you know, like this old colonial village. Yes. And, you know, you've got these very classic kind of monsters that you're fighting against. Werewolves and, and Dracula. And um, I don't even remember what else because it's been so long since I played it. Yeah, you know, the only thing was that I found odd is that they introduced Dark Gothic last year. And then, like, <coughs> there didn't seem to be anything about it. No, until really. this year's Gen Con, when there's like three expansions for it all of a sudden. It's like, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I, I certainly might be willing to try it if someone had it. Uh, the next one that I know you wanted to talk about was Lanterns, the Harvest Festival. Now, I've heard about this, but I haven't played it. What, what, have, you, what have you heard? I actually got to play it the other night at our local game store, The Gamer's Edge. Mm -hmm. uh, Robin had a copy, and he was just raving about it. And as I was sitting there with Victor... And some of the friends of ours were getting ready to go. He's like, do you want to play? It plays up to four and we can play it right now. And I'm like, sure. And it's a very interesting tile laying game where you are trying to lay tiles that represent lanterns on a lake for the Lantern Festival. Right. And how you place the tile determines what color tile or what color lantern cards you get but also what lantern cards your opponents get because any tile that gets placed is going to have four sides right and whichever side is facing you on the table you get that color of a lantern card now the interesting thing is placing that tile is the last thing that happens on your turn so if you want to turn in lantern cards to score points you have to do that first and if you accidentally don't watch what your opponents have and you play a tile that gives them that one final card they need to score something, they could score it on their turn before it comes back around to you. Mm, so there's okay. a lot of really interesting decisions to make in this game. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. really enjoyed it. I did terrible at it because it was kind of late. It was like 9.30 when we started it. And that, you know, seems kind of early, but I'm getting older and it was late for me. Yeah. And nice. uh, I, I lost nice. terribly. Right. Well, right. you know, I'm still younger than you, so it's okay. Yeah, shut up. But it, it was a great game, and I, I told Robin, I said, I want to play this again, but not tonight. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have a copy here at the store. Right. Well, that sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for uh, giving us a little bit of a, a rundown on that. The next one that I wanted to talk about is is an interesting one being put out by FunForge, and again, uh, distributed by Passport. It's called Warehouse 51. And what caught my attention about this one, of course, is, you know, Area 51, Warehouse 51. Okay. Yep. And so the theme of this game, this is uh, Bruno Faduti and uh, Sergio Halaban and Andre Zatz. And what looks fun about this is the United States has finally gone bankrupt. <laughs> yep. From uh, all of the uh, endless war and 
complaining about any kind of taxation and, you know, because nothing should cost anything. Uh, everything should be free. So finally, the, the deficit has caught up with us. We've gone completely bankrupt. And as a way to kind of try to survive and reboot the economy, we're going to sell off all the stuff in Area 51, which just <laughs> strikes me as funny. Like, so... Yeah. This is a humor kind of theme that appeals to me, right? So it's it's kind of like this idea of, you know, it says here you're going to uh, sell off like Thor's hammer, Aladdin's lamp, uh, the Philosopher's Stone, the Golem. Um, so this looks like really kind of fun to me. So I, I'm definitely looking to check that one out. Um, Gale Force 9 has some stuff coming out. They have a, a Firefly the game. Um, you know, lots of kind of stuff for Firefly. They're really r kind of supporting that. Um, and so there's a, there's a big expansion, I think, for it, uh, and, and just all sorts of good stuff for Firefly, and a couple of little things for uh, Sons of Anarchy and Spartacus, and all of their kind of big um, winners so far. I mean, yes. all of those games have been really well received. They're also doing WWE Superstar Showdown, which I know a lot of people like Steve Oxenic and other wrestling fans are really looking forward to. Now, I kind of missed that whole wrestling thing growing up. It was just not my cup of tea. I really didn't care. I, it wasn't my thing. How about you? Like, does this theme speak to you at all? Well, you know, when I was younger, um, I did watch a little bit of wrestling. Maybe not as much as some of my friends, but, you know, Hulk Hogan was like an icon when I was growing up. And I was in that age where... The Hulkster was really cool, <laughs> even Hulk. though I didn't maybe watch wrestling constantly. I would watch Hulk Hogan. Right, right. But, you know, I, I haven't really stuck with any of the wrestling. Andre the Giant? Andre the Giant. Anybody, Anybody want, want a peanut? peanut? <laughs> and, uh, Stop you know, this rhyming now. I mean it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the the Randy the Macho Man Savage, you know, with, the, oh, yeah, snap into a Slim Jim. Yeah. You yeah. know, but... They were, they were not something that I followed religiously. Right, right, right. Like a lot of wrestling fans that just have to watch every week and you know what's going on. And when I realized how much of a soap opera it, it is, it's like male is, soap opera. It's a male it's version a of male a soap, soap opera. opera, right? So it instead of is. as the world turns, we have. <laughs> People we have beating each other up, yeah, and, you know. Tell it, threatening each other, <laughs> and then you you looked at my wife wrong, and right. you know the I, yeah. I mean, it really is kind of in, in a lot of ways. It's because there's storylines to wrestling. Oh, there I, I know totally enough about is. it to know yeah. there's storylines. But yeah, it is very much like a a testosterone, you know, like male soap opera right, from back is. in the day. So yeah, it wasn't so. anything I was particularly interested in but you know yeah well, there it is nothing for me there um let's see game salute is putting out uh, nothing personal a couple of uh, expansions so i mentioned that uh, for uh, our good friend tom vassal uh looks like it's going to be adding some goodness to that game series and game salute is also republishing the lamont brothers uh, poseidon's kingdom which is that kind of wave of dice mechanic that was so very intriguing i never had the chance to play it i'm hoping that they still have that i mean it says it features a wave that crashes dice into the board um so it looks like they're keeping all of those elements so that that looks like that could be kind of fun to check out so uh those are kind of the highlights for me from game salute for there um there's also a, an expansion for shadow rift and i know a lot of people really like shadow rift so that's something else that I think, you know, some people might be interested in 
uh, going forward and, and going to Gen Con. The next one that kind of caught my eye was from Dice Hate Me Games, uh, which is now Greater Than Games. Uh, they've kind of merged uh, Greater Than Games and Dice Hate Me Games. Uh, this is Bottom of the Ninth, so I really enjoyed Mike Fitzgerald's uh, deck builder, um, Baseball Highlights 2045, and this is another kind of a baseball-themed game that, that looks like it could be fun. So yeah. uh, something I'm definitely looking forward to checking out. Uh, it's got a dice element to it, which I like. It's a pressure luck kind of a thing, so that's cool. They also have the uh, Compounded expansion. Um, we're really hoping that'll be there at Gen Con, but I'm not sure. Um, I'm hoping so, but the Compounded expansion is called the Geiger expansion, and that's a game that my wife really enjoys. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, then there's the deck building, the deck building game, which <laughs> I think is just a, it's a $10 game. And, it's a $10 kind of, game. I think it's a joke, really. And you, um, you're building a deck by constructing yep. a deck <laughs> right. and drafting a deck. And drafting yeah, it's a like, deck, yeah. yeah. So it's so. all about decks. And then there's New Bedford. Now, New Bedford is um, being re-kickstarted. This is a game about the history of the whaling industry in the northeast of uh, the, the United States. And I imagine upwards into Canada as well. But, but you know, it's centered around the town of New Bedford. And this looked like a fascinating game to me. It really did. And it's funny because, like, on the one hand, I was one of the people who didn't like the slaves and five tribes, uh, hated, you know, bedpans and broomsticks, and, uh, you know, really upset about that. Um, and, and yet, you know, I had no problem with the whaling theme of New Bedford. Because it that was the history of that town. I mean, that was that was that was a vital industry. It was whaling, and so I didn't have a problem with the theme. But I know that some people did, and the Kickstarter kind of stumbled. And uh, I don't think it was just because of thematic reasons. But they they're now kind of relaunched. And I know just from listening this morning to the Dice uh, Hate Me Guys uh, podcast there um, on the Geek All Stars. Their campaign's going extremely well the second time around. I think they're going to hit their goal with no problem. But uh, it's funny, like some themes kind of bother people and some themes don't. Um, and, you know, New Bedford, because of its historical nature, it doesn't really bother me. Um, you know, and I know Joel Eddy made the argument that like slaves were part of, you know, the uh, fabric of society in uh, Arabia and in those countries back at that time, that region of the world. But I kind of argue that the game was just way too abstract, whereas this one is not. And maybe that's part of what makes it work. Right. What makes it work so for me right now. So because, you know, to me, I look at this, I'm like, oh, this is a cool story that has not been told. The story of the whaling industry. So I'm really looking forward to checking this one out. And I'm hoping that they're successful uh, with it as well, because that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see. Now, it looks like there's uh, also going to be some Sentinel Tactics things coming out, some expansions for that. Uh, I, I didn't really have the chance to try that one, so that's something that I might take a peek at. But uh, they also have a, another game by Scott Alms um, called The Best Treehouse Ever. And you said you kickstarted this. Do you want to talk about it? I did. You know, it, it was one of these ones. It's a small box. It's a Scott Alms game. And it looks really cute because you're drafting. Uh, everybody starts with, like, the trunk of a tree. And what you're drafting are these cards that make up different rooms of this ultimate treehouse that you're going to be trying to construct. And every treehouse card like overlays then, I guess, branches of previous treehouse cards. I don't know. It looked cute. The artwork was really cool. Um, it seemed light and fun and uh, quick playtime. So, you know, Scott Alms, quick playtime. Yeah, you know what? I I'll back that on Kickstarter. 
Right, right. Yeah, I mean, he's he's put out some really interesting game designs. So I'll be curious to try that one with you. I, I didn't kickstart it. I wasn't even aware of it, to be honest with you, which is odd because I thought I was on his mailing list. But maybe because it's a different company, it's he's not putting it out under Gameland Games. No, it's not through uh, Gameland. I, I didn't get that. So, uh, you know, that's something that, that definitely looks like it, it should be fun to try. I mean, because who, who wasn't, you know, who hasn't wanted to build, build a giant treehouse? This is the greatest yeah. treehouse ever. I mean, that's just a theme I think that would speak to everybody. So <laughs> uh, that's something I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to checking out as well now that I hear you talk about it. So scrolling on ahead to looking at the Cosmos page, uh, looks like we, we have a game, looks like it's uh, Doodles, which is made by uh, Klaus uh, Tuber. And this is something that, you know, again, not really interesting to me. It's kind of a, a puzzle game, a party game. Um, but, you know, it's look at the designer. So it's always something that would be interesting to check out. It uh, looks like uh, Legends of Andor, you know, has is, is going to be there. Uh, something called Tumult Royale which is another Klaus Tuber and Benjamin Tuber. So it looks like this is uh, Klaus. I think this is him and his son who made this one for two to four players. I don't know much about it. You're just kind of greedy nobles that are trying to manufacture these spectacular monuments uh, to yourself, basically. Uh, but you're kind oh, of starving the people while you're doing it, and you have to make sure they don't get too upset with you. So that looked like it could be kind of fun. And again, because of the designer... It's something that I'm kind of interested, in, at least in looking at. So that looked kind of cool. Um, oh, here it is. Level 99 games. Battlecon was the name of the fighting system. Uh, oh. The Legend of Indines or Indonese or whatever. Oh. Uh, now we have the Fate of Indines. And, and so that's gotcha. like an expansion for that. And that's a, a really cool kind of a dueling fighting game. That's kind of the one that I think of when I think of that style of game. And so I, I wasn't interested um, in the other. Um, let's see. Uh, there is Mysterium that is finally coming out. Uh, but this is going to be the Asmodee uh, edition. There's only going to be a few hundred copies available. And I think it's going to have the new art. So I'm, oh, yes. I'm going to look at it, but I'm not thrilled about the new art thing because I really love that Dixit-style art. And so I, I'm kind of, eh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. So I'm definitely going to look at it, but I'm not going to buy it. I'm fortunate enough to have uh, a copy of, of Mysterium already, the Ukrainian edition, and so I'm happy with that. Um, but I will definitely check it out. Uh, Luda Creations is putting out Pocket Imperium. This is a, a game that was originally a print-and-play, and it was kind of in that micro-game category, and then it kind of got picked up and I think expanded a little bit, and so now it's kind of its own full-fledged game uh, debuting at Gen Con. It's supposed to be like a 4X micro-game. So um, now you and I played the print-and-play version of it. I mean, it was okay. It was all right. It, it didn't quite scratch that itch of a small 4X space exploration game mm -hmm. in a small box. Not the same way, you know, Impulse does. No, definitely not. And not the way I'm sure Tiny Epic Galaxies will. Right, yeah. So uh, that, that's one that I'm, I'm kind of thinking I'm probably going to take a pass on. That, though I, I would take a look at it because, you know, maybe they've made some changes or improvements yeah, possibly. since the print-and-play version. Um, then we have Ludonaut uh, through Asmodee. One of the big games I'm really looking forward to is Discoveries. Um, and this is a, a, a Cedric uh, Chabusset, I'm guessing. Uh, Chabusset, I don't think you say the I. I think it's a. Anyway. Um, so Cedric Chabusset 
if you're pronouncing it uh, kind of Anglo, Anglican or Anglophile, whatever. Not Anglophile. I don't Anglo, know. The kind of English, whatever. I think it's Shabbosay. Not phonetically. <laughs> nah, I don't know. Whatever. Cedric has made this game called Discoveries. And uh, it looks really awesome because I was a big fan of Lewis and Clark. Uh, Lewis and Clark. Oh, yeah. So this Great is game. really kind of cool. This is kind of like a, a it's kind of like a, a sequel to it. And so mm-hmm. I'm really interested in checking this one out. This is this is almost an auto buy for me. Yeah, me too. Uh, if they're gonna have it there, looks like they have it. MSRP, forty bucks. MSRP, forty Woo! bucks. So I'm really hoping that there'll be copies of it available. Um, and so that that I'm kind of excited about. Uh, there is a uh, ex- uh, kind of a Little Prince game coming out again. Um, they had the Little Prince Build Me a Planet or Build Me a World or whatever, which a lot of people loved. I never had the chance to play it. Oh, yeah, this is I. the Little Prince Rising to the Stars. So if you're a fan of Little Prince, definitely check that one out because I've heard good things about both of those games. So jumping ahead to Mayfair Games, uh, they have a game called Extra Extra, which is coming out, which is another newspaper-themed game. Um, I, I enjoyed Penny Press at high player counts, but I really didn't at low player counts. So I'm going to be curious whether or not this extra extra is going to kind of scratch that itch for me of that sort of golden age of journalism. So I'm really looking forward to trying this one out. Um, the price point's a little high though, Lloyd. It's saying it's like $65. So, you know, I don't know, you know, uh, somebody has described this as like, uh, a heavy version of Penny Press. It's much more in-depth than Penny Press. So I'm really looking forward to trying this one out. So uh, that, that's something you know that I'm, I'm curious about. And then Mayfair is putting out a game called Isle of Sky from Chieftain to King, which is a instant buy for me. So um, it, the only reason for that is that that's where my wife and I honeymooned. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> was the Isle of Sky. We loved it. It was fantastic. Could be the worst game ever, but I don't really care because if it's a game called The Isle of Sky, I have to own it. So I will be picking that one up. I don't know about you, Lloyd. So uh, I don't really know much about it, um, but I'll be certain to check it out. Yeah, definitely I, I think would be kind of fun to check out. Um, so, oh, here's one that you might be interested in. Um, say hello, Lloyd. Mm, yeah, no, not yet. Not it's, yet. It's, it's not, well, you're I still don't time. feel it. I, am not gonna, I don't care if you feel it or not. Can't force it. Um, you can, well, you can feel Star Trek though, can't you? Star I can, Trek. I can totally feel Star Trek. Five year mission from Mayfair. This is a game that is all about classic Star Trek, and I am totally geeked out about this. Yeah. And um, it could be totally terrible. Mayfair has been very hit and miss recently, but oh my goodness, I absolutely love Star Trek, and so. And this is a co-op. Yeah. Yeah, so this so, this looks this looks like this could be fun. So I mean, right now the the Star Trek game for me is Star Trek Fleet Captains. Yes, that is that that feels like Star Trek to me, but this is like the microcosm where you're actually playing the crew members and whatnot. So I'm really looking forward to kind of checking that one out. That 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 could be awesomeness. So uh, that's one that I'm definitely going to uh, uh, stop and take a look at, and you know maybe consider actually picking up while I'm there. So. Uh, that that's kind of how I feel about that one. So scrolling through here, I also see uh, from Mr. B Games, I see some interesting new titles from him, uh, but I also see a cool expansion for Spurs. And so if you're a fan of that game, uh, I would definitely check that out. 
and see some of the other titles that he has. I'm not sure whether they're going to be what Lloyd and I were talking about before, you know, oh, that's just another Euro that reminds me of this. Uh, but, you know, he, he's got some interesting titles. Uh, some of the descriptions are pretty interesting, the Clockwork Kingdoms and things. So, uh, you know, I, I might stop by again and say hello um, and check out what they have to offer. Uh, the Spurs, though, really kind of, you know, caught my attention right off the bat. Um, scooting, uh, scoot, is that a word? Scooting? Scooting it, it on? Scooting is now, scoo- scooting is now the you know, word of the day. Scooby doo Well, Mel Torme there for you. <laughs> Oh, man, nobody knows who Mel Torme is. That joke is going to be completely lost. Do you know who Mel Torme is? How do you know? Because I'm a music teacher. I know who Mel Torme is. Wasn't he like the Velvet Voice or something? What did they call him? I don't remember what they called him, but... Yeah, I don't know. But he was, yeah. Anyway, When the moon hits your eye. That wasn't Mel Torme. (laughs) What are you talking about? He sang a version of that. Oh, I don't know about all that. I'm sure he did. I think you're full of crap, Mr. Music Teacher. Anyway, whatever. So moving right along, I've been saying that, so I was trying to find a different way to say it, and I just stumbled. See? It's getting forced. I can't say hello yet. I can't force it. I can force it. You can can force force it, it and it doesn't sound right. I pummel you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Next up, Nevermore Games is uh, putting out a uh, game that I know you know something about, Lloyd, and, and that's called Dark Dealings. You want to talk about that one? Uh, yeah, real quick, it's just this kind of quirky and cool uh, dungeon delve that's got a drafting mechanic. Uh, the artwork looks pretty cool. It's one of these things, again, I saw it on Kickstarter. It was like 12 or $15 to right, back a right. single copy. And it looked goofy, looked fun. Um, it's got, you know, that drafting mechanic. And like I said, I'm always looking for kind of a new take on drafting games. Right. So I backed it and, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting it and trying it and seeing if it really is as quirky and fun as it's supposed to be. Very nice. Uh, North Star Games would be up next. And uh, what I think is of note from them is an expansion for Evolution, and that's Evolution Flight. So this is now going to give you the option to have your creatures that you are creating uh, be able to fly. So uh, it'll be a flying species instead of just the uh, other species. So that would be, uh, I think, a, a fun expansion to the base game. Give you a little bit more strategy, a little bit more layers uh, for the evolution game, which I think could be fun. Uh, lots of wits and wager stuff, etc. cetera. Uh, moving on to NSKN, uh, they have uh, Proxima Centauri, of course. Exodus Proxima Centauri is what they're known for. But it looks like they're uh, going to be putting out, debuting at Gen Con, Exodus Edge of Extinction. So this is the first expansion for Proxima Centauri, the revised edition of it. And it looks like it adds just a ton of stuff uh, to the game. And it's got a fairly meaty price point as well at $80. So, um, you know, you'll, you'll have to kind of use your best judgment on that one. Uh, that's kind of a price point that's going to, you know, kind of give me a lot of pause. But I know there's a lot of people who really think highly of that game. I have not yet had the chance to play it. So uh, I'm hoping that sometime I will have the opportunity. So uh, that's, I think, the most notable thing that I'm seeing from NSKM that's coming out. Um, they have another game called Mistfall. It's kind of a card game, fantasy game. It's a co-op. So that, that one could be interesting, but it's only there for demo yeah, it is. Uh, ahead of its release. So I don't really know much about that one either, unfortunately. A lot of these games are for demo or in advance of Kickstarter kind of announcements and whatnot, I guess, is a way to kind of drum up interest. Um, so, you know, hey, um, you know, great marketing strategy. And for what people are paying for booth space, this is not... 
you know, uh, this is a serious investment in these companies' time and, and resources. So uh, more power to them. You know, I know a lot of people complain about all the demos. Like, well, why can't we get the game? Well, because you're using this, you know, enormous 50,000 people crowd of potential customers and you're spending a, a large amount of money for booth space and, and running demos and drumming up interest, and that's just good business. So um, I don't mind all the demo games, but it, it is one that's not going to be available, and I don't really know much about that one. But I have liked quite a few of the games from NSKN, so it's definitely something I'll take a, a look at. All right, so what's next? What's next? I'm so glad you asked. How's that for a segue? You like that one better? <laughs> that That's a little bit of a better segue. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Uh, Paizo, publishing Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, Wrath of the Righteous. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, love Pathfinder, the card game. Uh, own the entire first cycle, yep. The Rise of the Rune Lords. Um, really think it's been a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. I got Skull and Shackles and ended up kind of selling it off uh, before I even really played it. I kind of have personally decided that I'm done with the Pathfinder Adventure Card game. Like, that whole first cycle. And I'll play that again and again mm-hmm. and again. But the, the, the kind of the wheel of, of these new reboot starter sets. And I understand it's variety. I understand that the price point's not bad, especially for the expansions. I, I think it's a neat model. But I just kind of discovered when I was trying to read through the rule book for Skull and Shackles and seeing what was different, I'm like... You know, now I, it's kind of the same, and it's just a different setting with a couple little things here, little tweaks. Now I, I think I'm 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 okay. I'm okay. I'm just gonna play Rise of the Rune Lords whenever I get that itch and yeah. build my character, and that's really all that I need. But if you're a fan and you're looking for that variety, um, this looks like it'll be uh, out, um, and expansions and supplements that you know might already be out as of the time of Gen Con. So that that's another interesting kind of one. So that that's you know that's kind of my take on that. What what are your feelings about Pathfinder? Uh, I I'm kind of the same spot there because I really enjoyed playing Pathfinder and I still have my copy of uh, Rise of the Rune Lords. Now I never got any of the expansions because well yeah we, I had them and because you had them yeah exactly. But I I also found that you know when I tried playing it with Stacy the first time, uh, either the fact that she didn't quite understand how to play her character or maybe like she just overlooked um, a, a rule or something like that. She didn't like the game at all. Right. So right. I have a wonderfully, you know... Pristine set. Pristine set sitting there at home. Right. I'll play sometimes a solo game, and I'll use three characters. I've been using Ezrin, um, the dwarf, and uh, Valorus, the fighter. I right, can't remember right. what the dwarf's name was. Someone with an I, H. Yeah, something with an H. Yeah. Harsk or something Harsk, like that. Yeah, Harsk. And I found that with you know with those three good dwarf name Harsk. It was a good name. Harsk. It was. You can just say that Harsk. Harsk. That's good stuff. <laughs> but I found with you know <laughs> those... even be right. <laughs> You're sitting there going Harsk. That's <laughs> what happens when you go through 16 pages of Gen Con. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Anyway, go ahead. But so you know with those three f- characters, I-, I got them up. I don't know, pretty high. I leveled them up maybe... Uh, pretty high. Uh, well, I don't know how far I can go with the base set, but pretty you know, high, huh? I got through <laughs> almost the entire uh, deck of adventure cards that come with the base set. Wow! So, yeah. That that whole deck of adventure cards came with the first set? That one That, that one, one deck? That one whole... Well, that's Man, how, you're like a pioneer. I you're know, going that, off that's... into the unknown. <laughs> 
Check you out. That's how often that I played it commitment. by myself. That was a commitment yeah. for you, man. You're like, I'm going to go through this whole one deck. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm going to level them up pretty high. <laughs> pretty high being, I have no idea how high because uh, I haven't played it in forever. There you go. All right. So with the mocking of Lloyd done, we move along to Plaid Hat Games, which has another very hot game. Uh, a lot of buzz about it. Ashes, right? <clears throat> Rise of the Phoenixborn, um, not Rise of the uh, Phlegm in my throat. Um, re- really, we got a squeaky now, dog? No squeakies. So while we take the squeaky toy away from the dog, um, it's a bunny. It's a bunny. It's a yes. bunny. All right. Uh, Rise of the Phoenixborn. I've heard a lot of great things about. People are really interested in this. It's a card game. It's it's drafting. It's hand management. Um, it's for two to four players. Uh, the one thing about it that really kind of caught my eye on the page is it's listed as 30 to 120 minutes. Oh, wow, that's it. So that's quite a span. It's it's quite a span. Uh, and it's another kind of like, uh, I have a feeling ultimately it's going to be kind of another dueling kind of game like Omen, Reign of War. That's the other one I was trying to think of. Yeah. Uh, Omen is, is another, so I don't know. I don't know if there's, uh, if it's something that I'm particularly looking for. Four, but um, the art looks gorgeous, and a lot of people are buzzing about it. So uh, this is designed by Isaac Vega, so go check it out. Spectre Ops, uh, a lot of people have talked about already as being a super game. I know Joel Eddy loves it, uh, so that's one that I'll definitely see if I can get a play of while I'm at Gen Con, but I don't really know a whole much... I don't really know a whole much more about it, so... Yeah, neither do I. Yeah, yeah, so definitely something that, that I'm, I'm looking forward to checking out. All right, scrolling on ahead to our next page. We are now on page 13. 13 out of 16. And we come to Portal Games, one of my favorite game companies. This is an insta-buy for me. As long as I can... Oh, look at this. Pre-order now through BGG Marketplace for Gen Con Pickup. Oh, beautiful. I'm totally into that. Um, This is the uh, Imperial Settlers Atlanteans. So... Uh, as soon as we're done recording this, I'm going to go to the BGG Marketplace <laughs> and I am going to check this out. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. So uh, Imperial Settlers is a game that has become one of my favorites. So I'm, I'm certainly looking to, to check that out. Uh, there's also another game by Ignacy uh, Chevacek, uh, Rattle Battle Grab the Loot. I don't know anything about this game. This is a $60 price point. It's two to five players. Um, you're on pirate ships. A lot of pirate games this year. A lot year. of pirate games, yeah. And uh, you're, you're rolling dice and, and you're kind of looking at different scenarios. And so it, it looks like it could be interesting, um, fun. It's not an insta-buy for me. It's something that I'm going to definitely want to check out. And there's a nice little preview video on the uh, Gen Con preview page. Just check that out. An insta-buy for me is uh, Tides of Time. So that's another one that looks like, again, pre-order through BGG Marketplace. I'm, I'm totally up for that. Uh, this is a micro game playing in 10 to 20 minutes for only two players, and it's kind of a time-themed game that uses drafting, and so it, it, it really looks like it should be a lot of fun. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. That leads us right into Pretzel Games, which has another title that might be an insta-buy for me. The price point's really high. But it looks really wonderful. It's called Flick 'em Up. And this is kind of the Western theme game that everybody's been talking about because it's a dexterity game, but it has like 
like terrain and little wooden pieces oh, nice. and so and there's scenarios and so it's a classic American West kind of a thing and there's all kinds of different scenarios and you're flicking like catacombs try to shoot at each other <laughs> and so it looks to me like a more streamlined version of Rampage like Rampage I liked but there was so much chaos in the game, things falling and crashing and falling to the floor and whatnot. And Flick 'em Up looks like it's a dexterity game that might actually just be a little bit simpler, but with all kinds of cool scenarios that would make the game a lot of fun. So I'm totally looking forward to checking out that. No doubt about it at all. Have you heard anything about that one, Lloyd? I haven't, but now that you've described it, you know, I liked playing Rampage. Yeah. And for the exact same reason you just mentioned, like all the chaos of stuff falling right i played it once or twice and i'm like okay i'm good yeah like it, yeah. that that's the game for me yeah, yeah and this one you know definitely sounds more interesting and i'm always up for something with a wild west theme like there's yeah. something about that wild west that really grabs you yeah absolutely uh queen games uh, really only seems to have this queen's architect game which again seems to me to be kind of another euro yeah. i could be being very unfair to it but there's nothing there that i'm really super stoked or excited to check out um so yeah uh, that that's kind of uh, really it, it's a very small presence from queen um as far as i can see listed on the preview page here yeah uh, red raven games ryan lacat uh or, or lockout lock oh my goodness i can't say it laucat try that again ryan laucott at red raven games now this is the guy who did um uh, eight minute empire eight, eight minute, minute empire, empire legend Legends, city yep. of iron all those other games he's got one coming out called above and below which is like a dual kind of a, a building game where you're building above and you're building below um so it's town building storytelling um and so there's all kinds of neat little things and i like his art style and I, I, his games have been more hit than miss for me, so I'm definitely going to be curious to check that out. It's going to be there for uh, demo and previewing, but not for purchase. He's also got another one there called Artifacts Incorporated, yep. which sounds a lot like your Rush for the Dinosaur Bone game exactly. that we saw earlier, yeah. where you're, you're trying to dig for archaeological things and uh -huh. sell them to different museums. Absolutely. So that's another one that I'm actually interested in checking out. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, you know, sort of an advance there of its its general release, and uh, actually, no, this one is debuting at Gen Con. So this, oh, is this it? one, Whoa. yeah, I was wrong about that. So and it's got an MSRP of twenty five bucks. That's, hey, that's a good sweet spot. Bad. Um, next up, we have uh, a reprint of Snow Tales from the Lamont Brothers coming out from Renegade Game Studios. So people who are really interested in that game and miss the boat, uh, especially I loved how the movement worked in Snow Tales and the, loved it. the drifting of the sleds and whatnot. So that was It's got huskies, cool. you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Rio Grande has a game called 20th Century Limited by Jeff and Carla Horger. Now, this is interesting to me because Jeff and Carla are the ones who did Thunder Alley. Oh, and so yes. now they're doing this game, 30 to 60 Minutes, a pick-up-and-deliver network-building game um, that, that is all kind of... It's got this rail theme to it, 
And so it's kind of it's kind of fun. It's interesting to me that the same people that brought that race game now are, are designing this uh, pick up and deliver game. So and it looks cool. like they took some of the the mechanics of route building out of Transamerica. Yep. And just kind of beefed it up a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So it might be like a, a little more beefed up version, advanced version of, of that. So that looks kind of cool. And we have Arctic Scavengers being reprinted with all the expansions in one box. Arctic Scavengers are really good. Yes, it is. Deck builder, really good. And then Dominion Adventures, of course, has been out for a little while. So people, I'm sure, are going to be wanting to check that out if they haven't had a chance already. So I haven't had a chance to play it, but I know you have. So Sure we did. Um, I played it with you. When did we play that? We played it. When did we play that? We played it, you and me and Carter. Full of... Because you used that hag against us over and over again. Oh, yeah. The, 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 okay, the right. swamp hag. The swamp hag. But she's, swamp not, hag. but she's not from Adventures, is she? Yes, she sure is. That's is all I had with me uh, that okay. night. All right, so we did play it, and uh, it was it was just Dominion. So it was, it was Dominion. It was good it stuff. Was good. All right. Uh, we have an interesting game called My First Bonanza. I'm only mentioning this because I met Heike Kiefer over, uh, or it was either Heike Kiefer or it was uh, uh, Hayo Simpson. Um when I was over in Germany, I had the, the pleasure of meeting one of those two guys. I think it was... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not exactly sure who it was. Definitely wasn't Uwe Rosenberg. Um, but uh, Bonanza, of course, is a Rosenberg game, and they took this uh, and they kind of adapted it and changed it to make it a kid's game, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a, it's a more streamlined, simplified kind of version of Bonanza that ramps up to the full game of Bonanza, and so it's kind of an interesting idea, and, and uh, he was using it as part of an initiative of using games in schools, so over in Germany. So uh, that was really interesting. I had about a, an hour to sit and talk with him, and one of the many hundred degree days that I spent in Germany, uh, <laughs> sitting outside eating pizza, sweating, nice. uh, and uh, paying $5 for a bottle of water. Um, so, you know, it was a great conversation with him, really nice guy. Uh, was happy to have met him and, and looked interesting. Roll for the Galaxy has an expansion coming, but I don't know if it's going to be there. Uh, nobody does, apparently, but boy, I love Roll for the Galaxy, so hey, if that's coming, I'm going to be all over that. Nice. Um, so that that's something I'm definitely, uh, definitely interested in, uh, in a big, big way. All right, so we're moving right along here and getting close to the end. So now we're going to talk about a little game from, uh, where Smirk, is it from? And Smirk and Dagger called Nevermore. And this is one that I've heard some people talking about, and you heard some buzz at the con. So you want to talk about Nevermore? I did, and I honestly don't know much about it. But when I was over in Jersey and uh, doing the con in Morristown, uh, there were just people snatching it up and playing it. And, you know, it was kind of like that letter tycoon. I knew nothing about it, but I saw a lot of people playing it and really enjoying it. Um, it is a card game, I guess, at its heart. It's got a bit of drafting. Mm -hmm. It's got some set collection. Definitely a, can, a direct attacking. A direct a attacking, of yeah, yeah. You're going to mess with each other in lots of great ways. So I'm going to be really interested to check it out. I didn't have a chance to check it out at the last con, but right. I'm definitely going to check it out here at Gen Con. Yeah, one of the things I found interesting about it uh, was what uh, um, I think uh, Tom Vassell and Z Garcia were talking about, which is... If you know you have health in the game, and if you if you basically die, you turn into a raven, <laughs> and you can't win as a raven, but you can still play, and you can mess with other people, and then there's ways that you can transform yourself back into a human, oh, interesting. and therefore be eligible to win. So I kind of thought that was neat because it's sort of player elimination, but it's not. 
It's and not so, player elimination of yeah, the point where you're out of the game, yeah, but thought, you just can't win. Right. I, I thought that was really kind of cool um, because it, it kind of kept you in the game and, and gave you the ability to continue to do things. But, uh, you know, it, it's, you still have the goal of, but I have to find a way to transform back. So I thought that was kind of nifty. Um, Steve Jackson Games, as always, has a bunch of stuff coming out, none of which I'm particularly interested in. Sorry, Steve. That's a lot of uh, munchkin and stuff that uh, millions of people around the world absolutely adore and love, but I don't. So um, now Stonemeyer Games is the next one up that I wanted to talk about. Uh, they have a game called Between Two Cities that was on Kickstarter a while ago. And it, it is a very interesting kind of game. It plays from 1 to 7 in about 20 minutes. Yeah. So it's a big game that plays. It's, it's a partnership. So like you're actually playing with someone else at the table. And you're kind of... You, you, you need to kind of compete, but you're also... A, you, you need to work as a team. So it's kind of a team game, which I kind of find really, really interesting. And there's tile drafting, and that's how you're building the city. So again... That caught my attention because there's been tons of city building, tile laying games, whatever. But this idea of the team part of it seemed really kind of interesting. So I'm totally stoked for that. I'm also totally stoked if there's anything at all to do with Scythe available to check out. Because that game looks like it's going to be amazing as well. I haven't heard anything yet about Scythe. Oh, Scythe. Scythe is like a really interesting, almost like a post-apocalyptic kind of a game. But... Um, it's kind of like an agrarian kind of like you're, you're, you know, you're going through this old landscape, uh, you know, that was devastated during this war that was kind of fought by mechs by these big kind of like almost roboticized kind of fighting machines. And, uh, the world has kind of returned to more of an agrarian kind of a, uh, a sort of, a. Uh, existence, you know, where, where people are back to farming and trying to rebuild and you're trying to kind of stake your claim to territory in this old abandoned zone uh, that hasn't really been touched since the war. And one of the interesting things about it that, that uh, I watched in a preview video with uh, Jamie Stegmeyer was this notion that when you take over a region, you get the resources for that region, but you don't get them. The resources are in that region, and therefore you have access to those resources as long as you control that region. Oh, wow. But if someone else comes in and takes it, now they have control of all those resources. Wow. And so that seemed to me to be very new, this idea. Because usually it's like I have the region. I take the resources and I put them in my player area. Right. And maybe they'll start to spawn or reproduce and then somebody up. But no, you, you kind of have them because that's where they were stockpiled during the war or that's where they are now currently. But if you leave, you don't have access to them. So you need to kind of stick around. You need to kind of have enough like to defend it and if you take a, a, a region that has tons of resources you just paint a big target on yourself which is exactly the way he put it and I thought yeah that really makes great sense so there's a lot of really interesting things about that game that, that I'm definitely stoked for but I don't even know if there's going to be anything at Gen Con about it but uh, look them up in their booth in their room and uh, you know see if you can find them Stronghold a uh, friend of the show Jeez, a lot of the games, you know, I, I often wonder like whether or not, whether or not I've, I've just kind of fallen under the Bonacore spell or something. <laughs> he does cast a spell. Whether I'm a, a, 
I don't know, you know. He unbuttons that one button on that shirt, you know, and you see that like fur carpet kind of like peeking out on the top, and you're like, ooh, look at that sexy little Italian man. <laughs> now I don't know whether that's like it. I, I, and I always like worry. I worry about like my own reputation. It's like you know, I I know people know that I know Stephen, and I know that I work, you know, with Stephen sometimes at conventions and things, and. I don't want people to think I'm a shill for Steven. I think Steven's just got a really good eye for games. Mm-hmm. And he has some good people uh, working with him, uh, volunteering with him. Um, he has a really good team. Uh, I've done some work for him in the past. Um, well, we both and have, I, yeah. And I think he just, he's got good games. He's got a good yeah. line of games. I mean, gone are the days of Panic Station. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness, and and other games like that. Even though he would kill me for saying that, um, you know. So let's let's start at the top. Dark Moon. Uh, you and I actually worked a little bit, not much, but a little bit with Dark Moon and with Evan and uh, Evan Derrick. And boy, this was Battlestar Galactica Express, which was kind of rethemed, retweaked, reworked, and it's been my favorite game of of this year so far, no doubt about it. Definitely. It, it is it is a fantastic game. It's so much fun. It takes, it it's replaced the resistance for me. Yes, it, it has. It has replaced all of those hidden trader games because this just does it better. It does it in an hour. Yep. It plays up to seven people. It is instant paranoia, instant accusation, all of the things that you want, instant tension, instant pressure from the very first moment the game starts until it ends one way or the other, and it's just a fantastic game. So I absolutely love it. Yeah, and I was fortunate enough to run about seven tables worth of demos over in Morristown a few weeks ago, Yeah, and every group just ate it up, and they loved it. Everybody really responded well to it. I just think it's that good of a game. It really is. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, Lagranha, I just had the chance to play with you yesterday. We're going to do a quick episode about it when we do a review episode, and, and that's a really interesting game. You called that... I called it, it was the love child of <laughs> Agricola and Glory to Rome with a little bit of the Luna temple mechanic thrown in yeah, on top. Yeah, a little bit of Feld, yeah. And, Feld's uh, like the step-parent. <laughs> it, yeah, he's the step-parent. So, you know, this was a game that I didn't know much about until uh, I went to this convention a few weeks ago. And, you know, I talked to some people that were raving about it. And there were only two demos the entire weekend that were run. And because I was running things simultaneously, I couldn't get into it. But I got my free copy from Stephen from, you know, working Gen Con last year. Took it home, immediately learned it. You can play it as a solitaire game, which I did. And I really enjoyed it as a solitaire game. And then I taught it to my wife. And she actually beat me on the tiebreaker because she had more cards in her hand at the end of the game than I did. Ugh. But it was still a really good game. And then you and I played it yesterday, and yeah, you, yeah. you definitely swept me. You, you were 11 points or so I, ahead of me. I, I spanked but you like a, you, a little I bit. you like a naughty child. You really, kind of did. What I did. I, but, really you know, did. It, I did everything but throw you over my knee. <laughs> there were tears. There was crying. You know, There was some pain. A little bit of whining there was afterwards. Some pain. You know, there was yeah. some whimpering. I understand. <laughs> but, you know, this, this kind of... It, it, it has a very... Um, high set of rules that you kind of have to learn at the onset to see right. how the flow of the game works. But it, it plays very simply. But then yeah. once you get into the end of that first full round, 
it just it flows. Yeah, and it does. It it really flows quickly and easily for you know what's essentially a really good Euro game. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I I really enjoyed it, and it's one that uh, I, I I appreciated because of. The multi-use card game. I'm a sucker for multi-use yeah. card games. I really am. So that's another strong title from Stronghold. Uh, and then we have Space Cadets Away Missions, which you and I actually worked on a year ago with uh, uh, Dan uh, and Al Rose. It was more than that? Oh, yeah. That was it a was, while ago. It was a while we, ago. We had a prototype of it. We played it. It was Saucerman um, versus... Yeah, space, Spacemen versus Aliens. Spacemen versus yeah, Aliens yeah. or something like that. So this is Space Cadets Away Missions. This is a, a standalone game, and it uses a really interesting new mechanic with dice. This is this overkill mechanism. Yes. And uh, it's basically at heart, it's a co-op with point-to-point kind of movement, and uh, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a miniatures battle game. It, it really is. But it's a lot of fun, and it's modular, so there's really kind of an infinite amount of replayability because all you got to do is put out different scenarios and yeah. uh, new situations, and the aliens are really cool. The sculpts that are coming with the game are very awesome. I kickstarted this one. You know, this is not yeah, a freebie so for I. me. Um, you know, this this was something that I, you know, backed, and... Really, really enjoyed it. So and you've I'm got happy brains to see it. in a jar. Yeah, you do. You got the brain in the jar. What, what, what <laughs> did you not like about that? Exactly. Uh, then he also has survive space attack. I mean, this is crazy. This is an instant buy for me. Yeah, right this here. is this is a no uh, yeah, this is a uh, a retheme of survive, but with enough changes to it. My my kids played it with uh, the Angelsteins. We were um, either over at their house or somebody else's. I might have been Chad's house. I don't know where we were. And uh, he asked if the kids would be willing to try, and they loved it. So yeah. uh, it was different enough. It's almost like an advanced version of Survive. There's a little bit more gamerly elements to it, but it's still light enough that it's something that you know I definitely want to check out, um, and, and and that I can play with non-gamers. You know, which is one of the magical parts about Survive. I've hooked a lot of people in the hobby by playing that game. And I think this one would still work that way. But it's a little bit more complex than the original. So that, that's kind of cool. So I really, really enjoyed that. Looking forward to that. Um, he's also... God, what else has he got coming? He's got something else coming out too. Um, just a really strong line from them. Yeah. Uh, looking up next, Tasty Minstrels is coming up, uh, and they have uh, Eminent Domain Microcosm, and they had just finished their Kickstarter for Eminent Domain. Uh, oh, come on, what is that? Battle uh, Battleships and yeah. uh, the newest expansion for Eminent Domain Microcosm is is kind of a standalone sort of a thing, and it's a two player only. Uh, and Eminent Domain, since the expansion, has become one of my favorites. We actually just recently replayed that, didn't we? Was it, it you was, and me? No, it was, it was a while ago that I played that a while one with ago? you. Yeah. It might have been uh, Zach and I or somebody. Maybe and, Matt. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I'd kind of forgotten how much I enjoyed that game and how much I think the expansion really helped it. So yeah. I'm looking forward to this new expansion. Uh, the last expansion really kind of differentiated the ships and the purposes yes, for the ships. I remember and that. And this one apparently is going to work more with the resources and add a different type of planets and all kinds of interesting things. So... I'm really looking forward to that one. Although I don't think that Eminent Domain expansion is going to be available at Gen Con, but they might have some stuff there for demo. They're also putting out a game called Flip City that people have been gaga over. This is a real small little card game. Uh, you basically are flipping a card and adding it to your city, and you have to kind of uh, you, you're 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 building kind of 
it's it's like a press your luck. Like if you flip that card, almost like Incan Gulp. You yeah. know, you're you're flipping cards to kind of build your city, and you're playing the cards down in front of you, and you know you have to kind of make what you flip kind of work if at all possible, right? Um, so it's not like you have a ton of control. It's very light. But again, it's got a playtime of 30 minutes for one to four players. See, I'm totally fine with randomness in a short game like that. It looks like it could be fun yeah. for me and the kids. Um, they have another one called Gold West, which is an American West kind of a game. And Steamworks. Seems like everybody's got to have a flipping steampunk kind of version of a game. Hopefully it'll be better than Spirium, you know. <laughs> Spirium! Spirium! Um, Spirium, which, you know, had, like, no theme whatsoever. I don't know why that steampunk thing was thrown on there. It was very bizarre. So, yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to Upper Deck. Uh, they have uh, a Firefly Shiny Dice, which is a, a, a kind of a, just a, a fun little dice game, although it's got a, you know, $30 price point. Um... So, you know, again, it's, it's another one in the, in the Firefly kind of universe. But the big news out of them is two things. Legendary Encounters Predator, which people who yep. love Predator are all over that. And then, of course, the idea of playing Alien versus Predator, people are drooling over. Yeah. But Upper Deck is also re-releasing and rebooting the Versus series, which is something that people are frothing about in the same way that people were frothing over uh, the, the reboot of Netrunner or the people were frothing over Lord of the Rings card game when that first came out. I mean, so the Versus uh, is an old series that w was very, very popular. I used to have a bunch of Versus decks, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do with it. Um, so they're rebooting that. A lot of people are excited about that. And then there's also Legendary Secret Wars, which is an expansion for Marvel Legendary. And it's kind of focusing on that sort of storyline in that universe. So, um, you know, there's there's been a whole lot of stuff that we've looked at here. Uh, there's been stuff we haven't talked about, like uh, Nefarious, uh, you know, USAopoly reprinted that. I didn't think it was a very good game, so... You know, there's some stuff we haven't really talked about. Um, you know, you got to have Risk Game of Thrones, right? Of course. Why not? Why not? Right? <laughs> uh, so, you know, you got all kinds of other things. Z-Man Games, um, you know, is, is kind of quiet a little bit. Uh, Wizards of the Coast Big Splash is that Magic the Gathering arena, the Planeswalkers, which Joel Eddy did a great, great review of. Um, Z-Man's kind of quiet. Uh, at Gen Con, they've got, uh, they're really into these kind of video game Japanese kind of themed things now. They've got one called Code of Nine. It was kind of like Tragedy Looper and some of their other games. And um, unfortunately, that is not anything that resonates with me. No, yeah. And so I've really kind of fallen out with Z Man. There's, there's, uh, unless it's something like Fields of Arl or something like that or more of their traditional Euro line, a lot of these games are, are not really hitting me, uh, but I, I guess I'm not their target audience anymore. So, um, you know, they had Pandemic, The Cure, which I absolutely adored, but that was about the... and Fields of Arl. Yeah. But other than that, a lot of their games have not really been the kind of thing that I've been super excited about. So, uh, you know... 
that that's kind of believe it or not the full 16 pages we've kind of gone through we're up on two hours now so I don't know whether people stopped listening about an hour ago and said, oh, my God, this is too much. But this is kind of what it feels like going to Gen Con because, you know, I, I not only go there for myself to have some fun, but I'm also going there to help Steven. And I'm also going there for, for Game Surplus. I told them, look, I'm going to go. I'm going to see what's hot, give you an idea of what you might want to order uh, for GameSurplus.com, my sponsor. And so it's kind of a scouting mission for me as well. And it's it's amazing the number of games, but it's also very overwhelming at times. So Lloyd and I have tried to kind of hit the highlights for you, um, at least from our point of view. I'm sure other people would have different perspectives. Um, there's other games I know that are going to be there from Spielworks and some other uh, companies that I'm really looking forward to seeing, but that for some reason aren't on the list here. So... Um, you know, I want to thank everybody out there for listening and for um, sticking with us through this Gen Con preview. And because we're doing the preview, I don't know that we're going to do a post-Gen Con show. Probably um, not. Probably not. Um, we just might review some games that we picked up at Gen Con. That's true. As quick look episodes. So uh, that'll give you the chance to say hello, Lloyd. Hello, everybody. Is, is that the theme music? Really? Yeah. Is yeah. the show over? It's the end of the show. Oh, you, well, doofus. Oh. you missed right, the so boat. The, you missed oh, the boat. Remember this right, is the year so. of pirate games? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you missed totally the boat. Missed You're standing boat. on the dock, waving at the boat as right, well, it leaves. So not too to late be too for forced, but hello. Everybody. I told you you okay. couldn't wait that long. No, all right. So that's fine. I don't know what. We'll try fine. again next week. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. So uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening. Thanks, of course, to my sponsor, GameSurplus.com. Uh, post Gen Con, if any of these games are sounding really interesting to you, or you hear great reports, go to them and check out what they have to offer, which is fantastic prices and wonderful customer service. Of course, I want to shout out to my local game store, The Gamer's Edge, as well. If you're in the northeastern PA region, stop by Main Street in Stroudsburg at The Gamer's Edge and see what they have to offer. A wonderful selection of board games, huge amounts of table space, and a friendly and knowledgeable staff. They put the friendly in local game stores, so go check out The Gamer's Edge. And of course, check out the other great podcasts in the Dice Tower Network, including the aforementioned uh, Geek All-Stars and Flip the Table and so many other great programs. So for Lloyd Keller and myself, thanks for listening and have a great night.